19, and you pray for us God's will to be done. This is what's upon our heart today, and I ask the Lord for his help and his touch. First Kings chapter number 19 is a familiar text, and many of you are very, very familiar with this word. But the Bible said, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and wherewithal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, Let uh, uh, the gods do so to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay down and slept under the juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, and there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. As we consider this scripture that's set before us, here we have an excerpt out of the life of this man, Elijah. And it's amazing to me how that God has so put this together that he allowed us not only to see the high times in a man's life, but also the low times. And when we think about this man, Elijah, who was a great man, we can certainly see in his faith demonstrated. This man lived by faith. He didn't merely talk about faith, but brother, he lived faith. We see a fervent prayer in this man's life and James even reminds us that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much that he would illustrate through this man, Elijah. So he was a man who was faithful and had faith. He was a praying man and he was also a man that was fearless in service. And for three and a half years, this man's demonstrated this in his life. He's been down by the brook. He's been in Zarephath. He was not afraid to stand before the king. And when it come time, friend, to stand on the side of Carmel and challenge the prophets of Baal without fear, he stood and did what God wanted him to do. I stand amazed. And for three and a half years, friend, he's done this not three and a half days, not three and a half months, but three and a half years, this man has been tried and tested and been proven true to God, and we appreciate that. But as I look at this scripture this morning, what's drawn my attention here is in verse seven. For the Bible said, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him saying, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. I stand amazed sometimes at how one day or one event or sometimes one call, one moment of time can change everything in our life. Right. How that we can be in one place one minute and yet in another place the next. 
how that for three and a half years this man has demonstrated a faithful walk to God, fearless service to the Lord. Yet now, friend, he has ran for his life and basically, friend, he's quit on God and even requested that he might die and not live. Now, I'm certainly not here to throw stones at this great man. But what I do hope to do is draw some truths from this man's life that I might apply to this man's life and to your life as well. It's what God has placed upon my heart. It's where, where I've been, friend. And, 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 and as God has shown me some things here, my desire is that God would help me to show you because here's a man who has gone from the mountaintop to the wilderness. And he's done this in a space really of less than 24 hours. And seemingly he's walked away from what we might call a move of God or a great revival time as God has done miraculous things. The people have cried the Lord, he is God. And friend, the famine's over, rain's come in the land. But now the man of God's run for his life. And the Bible tells us here as a conversation is taking place between the angel of the Lord and Elijah, he reminds him that the journey is too great for the other words. This is something you can't do by yourself. What happens sometimes is that when we've had victory after victory or prayer has been answered after prayer, Friends seem like things are falling into place. If we're not real careful, we'll get to feeling like friend, we can do this thing, but we can't do this thing. We must have his help. We've got to have his help. Not on occasions, friend, but the songs in every hour, I need thee. And brother, that's right. Now as I look at the scripture, this journey, this word journey gives the ideal of the road trodden or the course chosen. Friend, listen, he's on a course. As a matter of fact, friend, I feel like Elijah feels like his course is run, but his course is not run really. It's just begun. And it's important for us to understand, friend, it's not over till God says it's over. And God has not said anything about it being over in this man's life. Amen. And so as I began to look at this, God has for this man a particular course and so he does for our lives. And can I remind you of something this morning? It's not a course of your choosing, but it is a course of God's choosing. It's God who has ordained the path that we take. The Bible said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so Elijah free and is in this course. It's a particular course God has for our lives. And I began to think about this. I believe the Lord would have us, number one, to simply run our race. Paul talks much about it. But I'm gonna tell you something. It's hard to run your race if you're trying to run somebody else's. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, a lot of times if we would run our race instead of run, trying to run our neighbor's race, we'd be far better and go far further. We need to stay in our lane. Amen. Now, I tell you, Brother Keith, I, I can't run your lane, but I can run my lane by the help and grace of God. I can pray for you in your lane, 
Brother Brandon, I can pray for you in your lane, but I need to stay in my lane. And if I'll stay in my lane, there's grace, praise God for me. Oh, yes. And I'll tell you something else, friend. Don't look back. Don't look back. So many folks spend too much time looking back instead of looking forward. Hey, the Bible said we ought to keep our eyes upon the mark. And brother, I'm telling you, it's a whole lot different looking this way as it is that way. You can't run looking back. You can't stay in your lane looking back. Oh, but if we'll keep our eyes upon the mark, and by the way, friend, that mark is Christ, amen. Jim. And so as I look at this and what is taking place, Elijah's on a journey. God's placed him on a particular course. He kind of feels like it's over. God said, no, 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 it's not over. He said, I just want to remind you of some things here. And if the Lord would help for just a few moments, I, I want to deal with this subject, something for the journey. Because I believe that God has something for me and God has something for you in this journey. And I believe, friend, God's able to give us that which we need. I appreciate the Lord for that, don't you? And I'm talking about something for the journey. Now, as I look at these scriptures, let me share just a few things and we'll be done this morning. But I see here Elijah's discouragement. I just want to touch on this for just a moment. But I see Elijah's discouragement and how this man has gone from a place of encouragement to a place of discouragement seemingly in a moment of time. And you understand, friend, here in verse one through three, to be discouraged is to lose courage or to lose confidence. Here's a man, friend, that slew 400 prophets of Baal with a sword. Here's a man, friend, Brother Keith, as far as I know, he didn't have a sword on him. He must have borrowed it from somebody. Amen. Has anybody got a sword I can borrow? Amen. And slew 450 prophets of Baal, but yet, friend, he has become discouraged in this way. And sometimes we can become discouraged even in the course that God has ordained for our lives. We're not exempt from it. If, if Elijah can get discouraged and David can get discouraged and Peter can get discouraged, we can become discouraged today. But I see his discouragement why the Bible said that Ahab told Jezebel. And I thought, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. You know why? Because he's not going to do anything. Amen. So he told what he thought would. And so he has told Jezebel all that Elijah has done. And so, friend, listen, I know she's probably concerned. Hey, friend, that Baal worship is going to go away. And so, friend, she writes a letter. She simply writes a letter. She didn't deliver it herself, but she sent a messenger to the man of God. Oh, yes. Now, here's a man, friend, that's hearing the people cry, the Lord's God. Hallelujah, you talk about a service, friend. Can you imagine all the church this morning standing on their feet, crying, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. All of a sudden, friend, the messenger comes. Oh, my soul, how we're often affected by the message. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so, friend, there's words of discouragement here. And she told him, she said, <coughs> and let the gods do to me also. <coughs> if I make not thy life of the life of one of them, excuse me, <coughs> by tomorrow about this time. 
Now think about what's taking place here. She has written a letter and delivered it to the man of God. He has read the letter and something's happened to his faith. Now I'm gonna tell you something, friend. It's easy to talk about faith. It's easy to sing about faith. But demonstrating faith is something else. And you can have faith yesterday, but not demonstrate faith today. He's become concerned for his own life. He's failed to realize, friend, that we're in the hand of God and that God is taking care of us. But even though we know these truths, sometimes it's very hard in our lives. And so, friend, I want to tell you something along these lines. Be careful what you say because what you say makes a difference. I've not come to kick down. I've come to try to pick up. Amen. I believe God's people's been kicked enough. Amen. I've come to try to give a word from God. That God's still on the throne. That God's still able. Praise God. Praise God. He has something for your journey. Amen. I believe it's right. Oh, but I see here Elijah discouraged. He is discouraged. And the Bible said when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. That jumped out at me one day and I thought, my soul, is it not how it is? Sometimes we get discouraged. How we began to leave those in our lives, hey friend, that are important to us. How we began to isolate instead of congregate. Is that not right? Oh, it's important, friend. Brother Brandon said it right. You can watch it online. You can do these different things, but there ain't nothing like being here. Ain't nothing like being in the congregation of the righteous as you draw strength from one another. But friend, this man has isolated himself. Be careful, friend, about isolating yourself this morning. Oh my, now you can have the attitude that I don't need anybody, but I promise you, you need somebody. Oh yes, I promise you, you do. Amen, that's right. This man's isolated himself. He's gone to Beersheba. He's left his servant there. And notice this, and then I see Elijah's despair. This thing is getting worse and it's getting worse. He's become discouraged. And now he's in a place of despair. You might be surprised of how many God's people are here. See, what we learn how to do oftentimes, we learn how to put on a front and we learn how to portray something that's not really in our heart. It's amazing the transformation that'll take place from the car to the front door as we come to the house of God. But friend, it may not be that way in your heart. He's in a place of despair. Otherwise, he feels like he's at the end of the rope and there's no knot tied to get a hold of. Do you understand what I'm saying? He feels like he's losing grip and in just any moment now, he's gonna fall. He's in a place of despair in his life. He's found a juniper tree somewhere. He's gone a day's journey, maybe 20 miles. This man's gone and he simply sat down. He is done with it. Oh, my soul. How many of God's people have just been done with it? Oh, yes. Amen. I'm not proud of it, but there's been a few times I've been done with it. I'm just being honest. Amen. That's all I know to be is honest. God knows anyhow. God knows anyhow. 
Boy, I tell you, there's times, Brother Keith, I've been done with it. Miss Sheila didn't know, but I knew and God knew. Amen, that's right. I was just tired. I was tired of the way. I was tired of what's being said. I was tired of what I've seen. I just grew tired in the way. I forgot about the last service, the last move of God, the last time God touched. I forgot about all those things. I saw the moment in time, and that's all I saw was just a moment. I see his despair. See, to despair means to lose hope. And when a man loses hope, he gives up. Amen. See, as long as there's hope, amen, as long as there's hope, praise God. I'm going to tell you something with Jesus, there's hope. With Jesus, there's hope. Hey, the brothers already talked about the condition of this land. It saddens my heart. I promise you it does. It saddens me we have the leadership we have. It saddens me America's gone the direction it has. I hate this, done that. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. This world's a changing. It's not getting better. But God's the same. He's not changed, friend. He's the same always. You don't have to lose hope this morning, amen. You don't have to lose hope. The problem is, friend, uh, that people get their attention on Washington uh, instead of the God of heaven. Amen. Uh, I tell you what would help America. Hey, friend, if they would turn off the news uh, and turn on God in their life. Uh, if they'd get in that Bible and read uh, and see what thus saith the Lord. Uh, if they learn how to pray one more time uh, and talk with God Almighty uh, and let God move in your heart. Uh, let God help you praise the Lord uh, as you're driving down the road. Uh, when's the last time you just had a good what I want meet with God Almighty Himself. Oh yes. Surely you've been there before. Amen. I'm talking about when it got surreal, you missed your exit. Amen. Didn't realize it was somewhere down the road. I wonder what the people thought that's been passing or you are been, or you've been passing. Do you understand what I'm saying? But friend, we focus and on the negative instead of God Almighty this morning. And he's still in a place of despair. How do you know that? Well, he's talked to God and said, I'd just soon die as to live. That's what he said. Yes, Amen. You know, that's a reality. That's a reality, friend. And you never know who may be there. Amen. But I will tell you something, friend. There's something to live for. There's someone to live for. Thank God. And if you're saved, the liver is on the inside. Praise God. Oh, Yes. But I see his despair. He's in a place of isolation. That makes him very vulnerable. Am I right? Can I tell you what the devil's doing today? He's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's watching you. He's watching your home. He's watching your marriage. He's watching, he's watching this church. And he's looking for somebody, friend, that's got a little discouraged in the way. He's looking for that one friend who's entered that place of despair that has isolated themselves, amen. And friend, listen, he's looking for them because he wants to pray upon them, amen. That's why it's so important as God's children to pray for them, amen. Oh, yes, it's a dangerous place. And so I'm talking about something for the journey. See, I, the man of God just feels like there's nothing. Amen, there's nothing. And here he is, and the Bible said that he's gone a day's journey in the wilderness. He came sitting on the juniper tree, requested himself that he might die. And this is what he said, it is enough. It's enough. Amen. Now I'm gonna tell you what, you may have never said it with your mouth, but you probably have with your heart. 
How many situations in our lives down through the years have we just said, this is enough? Or sometimes we put it this way, I've had enough. Amen, I've had enough, amen. That's what he said. He's looking at God and saying, I'm gonna tell you what, Lord, I've had enough, I've had enough of it. Amen. I've had enough of this living by the brook. I've had enough living at the widow's house. I've had enough on the side of the mountaintop. I've had enough. I've had enough of praying for this rain. I've just had enough. Amen. That's right. Boy, don't you appreciate the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the long-suffering of God, the tenderness of God that is manifest in this scripture because many times if somebody would have told me something like that, I'd have said, well, buddy, you just go ahead and you get by the best way you can. But that's not the God that we serve. I'm gonna tell you something about love, friend. Love is not more than, it's more than just a word uttered from our mouths. See, we learn how to say love a lot, but love is a demonstration. Love is very active. That's why we see the word charity used. And 1 Corinthians 13, because it's love in action. See, I can tell my wife that I love her all day, but if I never show her I love her, she'll begin to wonder. But I tell you what, Brother Abel, if I begin to show her that I love her, when I say I love you, it gives credence to those words, and she knows that it's so, praise God, because I have demonstrated what I've said unto her. Oh, yes, God did more than just say I love you. He so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. That's love in action. Brother, that's proof. Somebody said, I need God to prove that he loves me. He's already proved that he loved you. He gave his only begotten son that came in this world to give his life a ransom for many. Don't you appreciate God for that? Oh, yes, boy, I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate him. Bless his good name. But I see him here. He's had enough. He's weak. He's tired. He's just been worn. You know what it is to be worn? I've got work pants like that, brother. They're worn. Amen, brother. They're just about through. And every once in a while, I'll be doing something. And I know it's the style today. And they like the holes all over the jeans and then the knees. You know what I'm saying? But every once in a while, they're so wore thin. My knee just breaks through. And I know, hey, it's about time to get rid of this pair and get another one. Amen. Amen. That's right. But what's happened is it's become more. Hey, through the wear and tear, through the weather, uh, through the washings, through the drives, through everything it's gone through, uh, uh, tumbling over and over and over again. Uh, it's finally just wore out. Amen. Sometimes that's where we get spiritually. We feel like we've been tumbled so much. Amen. That's right. That pair that I, jeans I used to have that was dark blue, they're faded out to a very light blue now. They've been worn. Oh, yes. Oh, my soul. As I began to consider this, I see Elijah's discouragement and I see his despair. But God's not done. And I appreciate that. I appreciate God not being done. I'm glad God wasn't done with Peter when Peter said, I don't know this man. Don't you appreciate that? As a matter of fact, I appreciate God not being done with Peter when he said, I go a fishing. Amen. And aren't you glad for that? Amen. And somebody said, well, you know, the Bible's in verse seven right here. And, 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 and the angel of the Lord, I believe that's a message in itself. You can believe who you want to believe. I really believe, friend, this is just a pre-incarnate, a visit from God Almighty himself. I believe that's who it was. It was the angel of the Lord. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, my, but he's come the second time. 
You know what I believe? It'll come as many times as it took. We preach about the God of a second chance, and he is, but he's more than that. How do you know that? Because I'm here this morning. Oh, he's given me more than two chances, friend. I, I tell you what, he called Samuel four times. Is it not right? Four times he called Samuel. And if Samuel hadn't got it right the fourth time, he'd have called again. That's the God we serve. That's the long-suffering of God and the kindness of God and the tenderness of God Almighty demonstrated in our lives. Well, it's not because we deserve it. We know our righteousness is but filthy rags. But God is good. Hallelujah. God's good. Oh, my soul, but I recognize Elijah's discovery. God is going to allow this man to discover something he has not seen before. And I appreciate it. By the way, the truth of the matter is you're not going to see it till God lets you see it. <laughs> hey, man, how many times have you been in this Bible? You've read this passage over and over and over and over again. All of a sudden, one day, friend, sit in the house of God, your house, meditating on the word of God. Hey, it comes out at you and gets a hold of you. And you say things like this, I've never seen it like that before. Hey, I, I tell you what, I, 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 I've, I've, tried, I've tried to pastor for 23 years and preach and preach and preach and, and sometimes seem like the same message over and over and over again. And seem like they just can't see it. Hey, uh, one day, an evangelist came through and preached. My father-in-law came out and said, I, I just ain't never seen that before. I thought, well, my soul, I've been preaching to you for 23 years. <laughs> but can I tell you something? The fact of the matter is, he just wasn't going to see it till God opened his eyes to it. And it could have been that Sunday morning was the day he needed to see it. Oh, yes. Could have been that Sunday morning was the day he needed to see it. Oh, but I see Elijah's discovery. Oh, God's so good. God's so good, hallelujah. Boy, I appreciate the Lord. And I, I'm not trying to add to the scripture here and I, I don't think I am, but, but to discover means to, to find unexpectedly. Amen. Boy, I appreciate it. Oh my, see, he's in a state of slumber. Really, he is not aware because not only did he sit down on the tree, but he went to sleep under the tree. Amen. And he's not aware of what God is doing. By the way, friend, God's very active. We may not be aware of it, but God's doing something. We may not see it, but God's doing something. Oh, yes. Oh, I can see the Lord in his mercy. Amen. Oftentimes, how we pity our children. Hallelujah. He's there asleep. He's not done right. He's run. He's doubted. He's done all the things you want to make a list up. Here comes God in his mercy. Hey, man, that's the first thing he's going to discover is God's mercy. Amen, but I'm gonna tell you what, if this thing was on a merit system, I know one thing for sure, I'd be in a bad shape this morning. It's not what I deserve. If I'd have got what I deserved, I'd have been in hell, friend. But God didn't give me what I deserved. He gave me mercy, thank God. I was a ripple and undone and unclean. But I promise you, friend, the God of heaven got on my trail one day, started dealing with my heart, thank God. Came to where I was. Thank God convicted me, brought me, thank God, to him. I appreciate God, don't you? That's the mercy of God Almighty. You understand, friend, that mercy, thank God. Mercy is for the guilty. That's what mercy's for. Grace is for the helpless. I got both of them, brother. I got grace and mercy, thank God. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. Bless his good name. Oh, he's gonna discover mercy because why he's asleep. Thank God God's busy. How do you know that? Because he's, God's gonna wake him up. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to go over there and he's going to touch him. Like it's right here. The Bible didn't say he kicked him. That's what Kevin would have done. Kevin would have kicked him. 
Amen, that's right, but not God. I'm glad God's not like me, and I need to be a whole lot more like him. That's right. Oh, but he just touched him, that tender touch. Amen. He didn't, he didn't hit him. He didn't kick him. He didn't yell at him. He just touched him. And the Bible said the man of God, he, woke, he wakes up, and he looks around. He begins to look a little bit. And you know what he saw? He saw the bread baked and the coals. Now, listen, I've camped out enough and grown up in the country and I still consider myself to be a country boy and I'm not ashamed of it, praise God. But I'm gonna tell you something, friend, before we could cook on the campfire, we had to get the fire hot, let it burn down to the coals, amen. And when the coals got right, then you could do some cooking. I believe God been there a long time, amen. I believe God been there a long time. He wasn't aware that God was there. Sometimes we're not aware God's there, but God's there, praise God. You better believe it's right. Oh my, the evidence is there. Hey, the coals are already there. The bread's already baked. Thank God when it was time to eat. It's like mama used to call you for supper. Isn't that right? Praise God. And I'm gonna tell you something else. He's so tired and he's so weary. He didn't have to walk a half a mile for it, but God put it right where he could get a hold of it. And that's what God does in our lives. He puts it right where we can get a hold of it. Amen. I, I tell you, friend, my job is to preach. Let God put it, praise God, where they can get a hold of it. Oh, sometimes we wonder, friend, can they really understand? Oh, God can help them to understand. He'll help them to get a hold. He can put it right there in their reach. Now, I'm gonna tell you what, friend, some people have a longer reach than others. But whatever Elijah's was, it was right there. Thank God he can get a hold of the water. Hallelujah. Boy, don't you appreciate God. That's the mercy of God. He began to discover God's mercy. Not only did he get something for the journey, he got mercy for the journey, but he got a meal for the journey. You know what God's saying? You're gonna have to have something if you're gonna go for God. Yes, sir. Amen. You're gonna have to have something. Somebody said, why is church important? Because you get something. Amen. See, you've got a man of God that's faithful. He's a praying. He's a seeking God. He's a studying. He's asking God to help because he may not personally know what you need as an individual, but God knows what you need and he's begging the God of heaven to give him what's needed that it might nourish your soul because he understands the journey's too great for you. You can't make it without him. You can't make it without him, friend. Don't try to do it. Just stay with God. Amen. Oh, there's a meal. There's a meal. See, this man, no doubt, is wore out physically. How do you know that? Because as soon as he ate, he went back to sleep. Here a stranger shows up, the angel shows up, and I don't even find him talking to him. He eats, drinks the water, and lays right back down. I don't even find a conversation being recorded here. Why? Because he's tired, and sometimes we get tired. How many folk do you know that say, preacher, I'm just tired? I'm just tired preacher and I'm going to tell you something we get tired physically we get tired mentally we get tired emotionally we get tired spiritually and you realize friend that when I'm tired physically it affects me spiritually when I'm tired mentally it affects me spiritually when I'm tired emotionally it affects me spiritually all these things have affected him 
See, it'd be awful easy for him to throw some rocks at the man of God and say, I don't understand why you quit on God. As good as God's been to you. But I'm going to tell you what, friend, this man's been carrying the load for three and a half years. It's been heavy. It's been hard. He's got a weak moment in his life. I'll tell you what he needs. Somebody, praise God, who cares enough. Thank God to pray for him. Amen. That's why you ought to be praying for your preacher. Yes, he carries this church. Amen. He carries this church. See, if you've never pastored, you really don't understand that. You can kind of maybe feel like you understand, but you really don't understand. He carries the family. He carries these children. Amen. He wants the best for you. It becomes a heavy weight. Sometimes, friends, sleepless nights. It can be tough. You pray for the man of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. I wonder how many folk was praying for this man of God here. But here the Lord is. And we see the meal. So he partakes of this meal. And the Bible tells us that, that when he's done, when he's done with this, he just laid down again. Have you ever been in that place in your life when you say, I just, I just don't even feel like getting out of bed? <laughs> when I was reading this, this is what came to my heart. This man don't feel like getting out of bed. That's a reality sometimes. What's the use? What's the use? What's the use? Oh, I'm gonna tell you what, friend. Listen, aren't you glad God's not done? Because with each meal comes mercy. That's right. Oh, yeah, God's not done. Hey, Amen. It's not like he came by and said, well, now, I did touch him, and I did feed him, and look at him. He's in the same spot he was a while ago. Hey, Amen, isn't that right? Oh, my soul. That's kind of like your kids when they're small. Hey, Amen. You get them out of a jam right back and they go again. Hey, Amen. Just like your babies. You got to do everything for them. They make a mess. You clean them up. They make another mess. You clean them up again. And you love them the whole time. Yep. Isn't that right? And most of the time you tell them how much you love them. Hey, Amen. While you're cleaning them all up, I just want to let you know I love you and you're the best thing ever. Hey, Amen. Isn't that right? And then when it's your grandkids, it's better than that. Isn't that right? You better believe that's right. Praise God. Oh, yes. But I see the meal. And so the Lord, he's still busy because God's still active and God's still doing some things. And so, friend, what's he doing? Well, he's busy filling the water bottle back up, making another loaf of bread. Amen. Some time is passing. I don't know how long it took to fix it because whether you believe this or not, I'm not much of a cook. I don't know much about baking bread, but God does. And Jesus is the bread of life. And that's all I need to know. Well, yes, oh, I appreciate him. I appreciate him. Oh, but my soul, look at this. The Bible said, the angel of the Lord came again the second time. Amen. And touched him. I'm gonna tell you what each one of us need today. We need God to touch us. We need God to touch us. Amen. We need God to touch us one more time, one more time, Lord, just one more time. I tell you, we ought to be asking God to touch us one more time. Now, brother, that's what I'm running on. I've got to have his touch, amen. I've got to have God's touch. Oh, my soul. Here he is. The Bible said he touched him. And he said, arise and eat. I can see him get up again. And he looks over there. God's faithful. Aren't you glad God's faithful? God's faithful. God is faithful. There's some times I've wanted to be faithful and couldn't be. There's my, I've made promises and couldn't keep them. But God's never made a promise he hasn't kept. Right. There's never been a time he's not been faithful. God's faithful. And he touches the man of God tenderly, compassionately, 
He just touches him. And he said, arise and eat, arise and eat. You need this, you need this. Amen, I'm gonna tell you what, friend, we need this. We need this today, praise God. I'm gonna tell you what, tonight's service, you need this. I mean, you need it, friend. It could be tonight, thank God. It's when God gives you what you need. Praise God for the journey, amen. Oh, yes, how many times have I drug in? I seemed like I was on the bottom and left out on the top. Praise God. Boy, there's been times, preacher, I seemed like it's been a dry spell, a dry spell, a dry spell. I've sat down in the chair. It's about time for me to preach. I didn't know what to preach. Didn't have no idea what to preach. I do stuff like this, just sing one more song. It wasn't because I was enjoying it so much. I didn't know what to do. At that time, Brother Abel, God would touch me with something. I'd get up. The rain began to fall. Thank God. Help me Praise God, leave out. God's got what you need for the journey. Oh my, don't miss, don't miss what God's got. By the way, friend, what he has is fresh. He didn't say, well, the man of God didn't eat all the bread, so I'll give him some of what he had this morning. No, it was fresh, thank God, the second time. Oh yes. Boy, I like that. I see the meal. God prepared it. Thank God. I'm gonna tell you something, friend. He got tired just like we get tired. When the Bible said he was subject to like passions as we are, in other words, he was just like us. He suffered just like we do. He felt just like we do. He had adversity just like we have. Amen. He felt pain just like we feel. Amen. And so here's a man that's going through all these different things, but God's helping him. God's touching him. Amen. And it, but this time he said, I want to tell you something, Elijah. He said, I know that you throw the towel in. You ever throw the towel in? I've done it a few times, but God was so gracious. You know what he did, brother? He threw it back. That's exactly what he did. I threw it in, he threw it back. That's the mercy of God. He didn't have to throw it back. Amen, I've come in before. Amen, pouting on God. Did you ever get to pouting on God? I mean, I have. I hope you haven't, but I have. Amen, throw the towel in, Lord, I'm done. I'm tired of this, I'm tired of this way, I'm tired. And the Lord said, son, listen, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. What you need is something for the journey. And I've got what you need. And you know what we need? We need him. And when we got him, we've got what we need. Thank God, brother, he is the bread from heaven. Is that not right? Bless his holy name, I appreciate him. Oh, there's a meal. There was mercy, there's a meal, there's a message. The journey's too great for thee. The journey is too great for thee. He wants him to understand you're embarking on something that you can't do without me, Elijah. You're gonna have to have my help. See, he's gonna take a 40-day trip and the strength of this meat. Can you imagine that? I've had some good meals. Amen. I've had some wonderful meals down here. But I'll tell you what, friend, come the next day, I'm ready to eat again. And if I hadn't eaten, friend, just about supper time, friend, I'm running on empty. He's gonna go 40 days in the strength of this. He said, Elijah, you're gonna have to have something from me. You can't give this to me. It's gotta come from God. For you that teach, you that preach, how important it is that we get something from God and not something, friend, that we've just learned how to do. Because, friend, people need something to go on. They need something to go on. And I thought about this. As he began to do this, and I, and I thought about this, this, this journey he's embarking on, this, and I thought about the distance. It's gonna take 40 days. That's a long ways. 40 days. 40 days of the strength of this meat. He's going, and, and, and it, it seems to me like, friend, he's not stopping. He's going 40 days. 
And sometimes feeling when we first start the journey don't seem too bad. Two weeks ago, I got involved in a 5K run. You may say you don't look like a runner. I'm not. Looks are not deceiving. But it was for Fallen Trooper. They had put it on. And so I went there and my intentions were to walk because they said you could. But when I got there, everybody was gathering in. All the runners go to the front and I'm looking at everybody going to run. Then you had the canes and walkers behind and the babies, the baby strollers behind them. And I thought, well, I'm not staying with them. I'm going to run. Gun sounds. Everybody takes off. I'm feeling pretty good. I thought, I ain't done this in a long time. I feel pretty good. I believe I'm going to pay up and handle this. And I noticed after about 200 yards, some of those I was even with now is pulling ahead. And about a half a mile, some of them that was behind me is already past me. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you what, friend, the distance got long. That's what I'm saying. See, when I first started, I felt like, praise God, I got this. But I'm going to tell you, after a while, I was wondering, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. You ever wonder if you're going to make it or not? Oh, when I saw the finish line, can I give you some good news, child of God? The finish line's coming up soon. Keep your eyes on the mark, praise God. I tell you, when I finally got back to the park and saw that big word finish, I said, Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. I crossed the finish line. All these days we're gonna cross it, praise God. Oh, yeah, you'll be glad you stayed in the race. Oh, I believe he's traveling day and night. Sometimes there's gonna be darkness. It's tough when it gets dark. Amen, sometimes there's dark times in our lives. Oh, yes, there's dangers. Amen, there's dangers everywhere. Oh, yeah, but you know what he said? Praise God, go to Horeb, the Mount of God. He didn't say get, turn off to the side because it looks a little dangerous. He didn't say turn off to the side because it's got a little dark. He didn't say turn off to the side because things that seem like it's just a long way. He just said run. Praise God, run. Go. Oh, my. He knew what it was going to take. He'd already outrun Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. He knew what it was if you could ever get God's hand on you. Isn't that right? Oh, my soul. Well, I appreciate the Lord, don't you? He said, there's gonna be some difficulties. There's gonna be some difficulties. He said, don't you go to the mountain of God. See, what's gonna happen here is God's taking him from one mountain and he's come down low and God's gonna take him to another one. And when he leaves this mountain, he ain't never gonna be the same. Amen. See, sometimes, friend, we want to get to that place. But sometimes before we can get to this mountain, after we've left that mountain, we've got to get way down here. That's where he was at. I'm going to tell you what, friend, but God's still God. There, there, and there. It doesn't change. Aren't you glad for that? That's the God we serve. Boy, I appreciate the Lord. Brother Abel, you come on, if you will, to the piano. God's taking him to the mountain. God's taking him to the mountain. God's got him on a particular path, on a certain path. God's going to get him there. By the grace of God, he's going to make it, friend. He's began to understand, hey, the journey's too great for me. I can't make it without him. I can't make it without him. Jesus told those disciples one day, John 15, verse 5, was he's talking about, I'm the true vine, you're the branches. He said, let me tell you something, fellas, for without me, you can do nothing. Isn't that right? I'm going to tell you what, church, without him, you can do nothing. We got to have him. We got to have his help. We've got to have his touch. We've got to have his breath. We've got to have his presence, thank God. We've got to have him. We've got to have something from God. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got to have it. We've got to have it. 
Oh, my soul. See, I, I feel like sometimes, friend, maybe the man of God said, well, you know, I've been praying, I've been living, I've been trusting God, and, and I, believe I'm, I believe I got this. I believe I got this. Hey, he said, no, son, you ain't got it, but I've got you, and you need me. And so I'm gonna tell you something. I'm faithful, Elijah. I'm gonna go with you all the way. I'm gonna go with you all the way. Isn't that right? See, God's a faithful God. Aren't you glad for that? And I've heard people say so, and I understand what they're saying when they say, I got, a, I got away from God. But the fact of the matter is, I ain't never got away from God because he won't leave me alone. <laughs> That's right, I've been out of his will a few times. But he never left me alone. Never. So that's a faithful friend. Amen. So we probably all had a few of those that said, I'm with you now, and then you wonder, well, I don't know where you're at. I'm looking. But he's faithful. He's faithful. I don't know where you're at today, but it could be the day that God's moving you toward the mountain. And then it may change your life forever. You may never be the same. I tell you, that's the God we serve because see, we need something for the journey. I don't know when it's gonna end. Go ahead and play, brother. And it could be soon. I believe the Lord's coming soon. I believe he's coming soon. I say along with John, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. But I'm gonna tell you something, friend, until that day, I need something for the journey. I need him. I need strength. I need something for the spiritual man. I need the help of God. Let's stand to our feet. We're gonna bow for prayer. I appreciate the goodness of God. I don't know what you may need today, but if you need something, if God's touched you, you just mind him today. You mind the Lord something for the journey. You mind the God of heaven. You mind him. Brother Brandon, you come at this time if you will, preacher. God bless you.